on switch thing, Paul. There we go. Good, good. All right. It's always fun using lashes stand. Kind of squat down a little bit so we can read it a little bit. But I do get to use his water bottle thing. So, only thing he didn't teach me is that I'm on my second bottle of water. So if I start talking really, really fast toward the end, we'll be, we'll be out early. <laughs> we may have to go. So, open your Bibles, if you will, to Deuteronomy chapter 6 with me today. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Every, every children's ministry conference and event I've ever been to, they start out in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Because it talks about teaching the children about God. We start off with the first few verses of Deuteronomy chapter 6. And how we should love the Lord, with all our, with, love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. Right? Yep. And so, that's, that's in there. It's great. That's right in the beginning. But we're going to take it a step further. We're going to go to a different part of the Deuteronomy chapter 6. Starting in chapter 5, I'm going to step back just a little bit. In chapter 5, Moses is talking about the different statutes and commands that the Lord has given us. He walks through the Ten Commandments that, that were given to the people. And how important they were to the people. How important it was to follow the Ten Commandments as they were written. And that way we can, we can know that we're following after God and following His rules. And so he talked about the Ten Commandments there. Then he goes on and speaks of the greatest commandment, which is the one I just spoke about, how we should love the Lord with God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength, with all our being, of who we are. We should love the Lord our God with that. And then he continues on speaking, and he speaks of remembering God and that being obedience. To remember God and the things that we do, the things as we live our life. You know, in, in Deuteronomy it talks about just not just loving the Lord your God, but also everything that we do. Talk about him as we walk along the road, as we sit, as we stand. Whatever we do, continue to have God and dwelling in our lives so that way when we're doing things, we're talking about God. To our children, to those around us, to our friends, to our coworkers, whoever's around, sharing the word of God. And that way they, they also can know him. And then we get to the section today that I want to talk about, which is in verse 20. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20. When your son asks you in the future, what is the meaning of the decrees, statutes, and ordinances which the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we are slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. Before our eyes, the Lord inflicted great and devastating signs and wonders on Egypt, on Pharaoh, and on all his household. But he brought us from there in order to lead us in and give us the land that he swore to our fathers. The Lord commanded us to follow all these statutes and fear the Lord our God to our prosperity always and for our preservation as it is today. Righteousness will be ours if we are careful to follow every one of these commands before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. As I was thinking about this passage this week, uh, on Wednesday, uh, my family and I, we went over to Hawaiian Falls. And uh, it's always a great time in Hawaiian Falls. there with a the family. There's all kinds of different slides and stuff. But if any of you know my son, Cade, my six-year-old Cade, Cade has, uh, he's just fearless. I mean, that's just who Cade is. He's, uh, so we're sitting there, and we're on this uh, half-pike sliding. And he's been wanting to talk about it and all week long, wanting to go. Since then, he's talked about it all week long. And uh, he did that, and 
other people didn't, and you know how he just he it was fun. It was his most favorite ride. But while we're standing there in line, you have to stand in line and get an inner tube built for two, and uh, then as you get that, you walk up the stairs all the way up to the top, all the way up to the top, <laughs> and then they set it down, and of course I'd sit in the back, he'd sit in the front, and you go down this long, long drop. And then you go up the other side and back down until you finally reach the bottom and kind of mellow out. And uh, then you can open your eyes and it's over. So, and so I thought, hey, that's where Kate is going to go. So we're, we're all getting ready for this. Now, Kate's my youngest, and so he's, uh, he's had to fend for himself a time or two and to, just because of the other kids. So we're there, and we're staying in line, and Kate said, Dad, did you see that? And I said, what, Kate? He said, that sign over there. I said, yeah, Kate, it tells us what the ride we're on. So that's, that's what we're here for. You wanted to ride that, right? Yeah, but, Dad, look at what all is on that sign. I said, yeah, Kate. And, and it just looked like, you know, the normal, I mean, keep your hands in the cart type things you see on different rides. He said, we're here to have fun. Why do we have to follow all those rules? You know? I was like, I'm glad you asked. You need to be in church on Sunday. So, as we get to talking about it, the first rule is uh, maximum weight on this ride is 400 pounds. Me and Kate didn't weigh 400 pounds, so we were okay. Then the next one said uh, single occupancy not allowed. It had to be two people. We were okay. Kate's a lot smaller than me, but we, we accounted for two. We're good. And as it continued on down, we started talking. He's like, why would I do that? I said, exactly. Good, good. Stay with me. We're going to have fun. And so we rode the ride, and he rode it, and and we went down, we went up, we kept riding. I said, Kate, you're not screaming. I said, no, Dad, don't we, little girl. <laughs> okay, I'm going to scream if you don't. <laughs> so, of course, I had to hold it in, too. <laughs> so, man. But in this verse, it says, when your son asks these in the future. Now, it may not be a child, it may be a coworker, it may be a grandchild. When they ask you in the future, why do we have to follow these rules? I know there's probably only one or two parents in this whole room who have ever been asked, why do I have to do this by your kids? So this is going to be odd. Just hang with me for a little bit. We'll make it through. But children ask these questions. Why do we have to do these things? Why do we have to follow these rules? Why do we have to do this? In the next verse, it says, Tell them, we are slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. Before our eyes, the Lord inflicted great and devastating signs and wonders on Egypt on Pharaoh and all his household. <clears throat> you know, and we were studying this exact passage in, uh, in children's church and in the, the children's area, and we've been working on it over time. We started, you know, with, uh, with Adam and Eve, and we got all the way to Abraham and Isaac and walked down through his, his kids and, and down through the heritage there all the way to Joseph. And then we skipped over to, uh, to Moses and Pharaoh and ask your kids the plagues. They know them. They know what's going on there as we left there, there's some amazing stories in the Bible. When you talk about what happened with the Israelites, I mean, I'm in seminary right now, there's some incredible stuff in here. And the kids are like, what? A donkey talked? Now, they don't believe me when their donkey talks. So, no, it's here. So we showed them. We showed them where it was. And one Sunday, I was out in the hallway right here in the foyer, and I saw a, a young girl go up with her Bible to her dad. I said, Dad, you wouldn't believe what's in here. There's a donkey talking. And so showing her dad, one of the greatest pictures I could ever see, a, a, a dad and a daughter standing there. I had to whip up my camera and take a picture right quick because it was the two of them opening the Word together, seeing some incredible things in the Word, but seeing it and reading it and saying, wow, 
That's amazing. It's there. We, we see, we talk about how Moses and led the Israelites. They get to the Red Sea. They didn't walk through. Water was separated. They didn't walk through on muddy soil. They walked through on dry land. As they continued on and Joshua leading, they get to Jericho. I blew their mind when Jericho, they walked around the city and yelled. One kid raised his hand, can we walk around the church? No, we're not going to walk around the church and yell. <laughs> I don't want the walls falling. But they, as they walked around so many times, and the, the process they went through, following what God had in the Bible. But there's a difference in me teaching them this and what Moses is talking about in this passage. See, Moses was talking to the people who had lived it. Moses was talking to the Israelites that were in Egypt, that were in bondage, that had been released, that had been living, that had crossed. They had dirt probably still in their toes from walking across the Red Sea because they had experienced it themselves. The children that we have here at church, they haven't experienced that. They haven't experienced the things that we talk about as much. They haven't seen walls of water as they walk through. They haven't seen these huge miracles a lot of times that God has done. We talk about it in church. But Moses is saying, these are things you've experienced. We need to be also sharing those same things of things we experience with our kids. Just as he was saying, tell them about these things. He wasn't just saying, tell an old story, but tell how God has been working our lives. With July 4th, as we celebrate our nation's holiday, and as we, uh, we talk about uh, what has gone on, the sacrifices that have been given and, and done in this, in this country. I know many of you in this room have either fought in battle or served this country, whether overseas or here, or even you may be a spouse of someone who has, and there's sacrifices on both sides. Even if you have served here locally, whether it be in, our, in uh, emergency services, police, fire, it are things that protect us as a society. Things that they, you know, watching out for us, taking care of us as a group. Those same people, y'all, you understand these things. You, we can talk to you. You've seen firsthand different things. But when it comes to our children, we haven't seen as much. We read the stories. We read the Bible. But it's saying, no, make these real. Tell the gospel of Jesus Christ through your own experiences. Things that we experience, tell them that. When they say, why do we have to go to church on Sunday morning? Tell them that. Tell them why. Tell them what God has done. We were back there at the children's desk today, and uh, we may actually start giving awards for just parents that walk in on Sunday morning because there, we had four families come in where they checked their kids in and are like, oh, we did it. We did it. You know? Because you got them all dressed. You got them all to church. I was talking to the kids just a while ago, and I was like, man, y'all are the hardest people to get dressed in the mornings. And I saw several heads nod. Uh-huh. You know, just as I would in here, the same kids, you know, because we work so hard getting them here and doing it. But they experience that. But tell them the gospel. Tell them how it is in our own lives. Tell them how we have experienced what has happened in our own lives. Do your children know how you accepted Christ? Do your children know how important it is to you? You pray at mealtime. You pray at nighttime with them. But do they understand? Do you, go back to the first part of, of Deuteronomy. Do they understand how much it is that God is a part of you and a part of your life? First time I ever preached uh, on stage was in front of my home church in Blooming Grove. And right before I got up, we had a handshake. And we were talking earlier this morning. We don't shake hands as much 
in churches anymore. But right then, the choir would have to sing two more choruses to get all the handshaking done because you had to shake hands with everybody. And so during that, my grandmother, who is going to be celebrating her 92nd birthday uh, coming up in August, she came up to me and she, she grabbed me by the ear and I bent down. Yes, Grandma. Now, Grandma is a lot shorter than my son Caleb. Now, Caleb's tall. Anyway, he's 5'10". But she's, she's quite a bit shorter. And so I leaned over and she said, remember this. It's not about you. It's about him. It's not about us. It's about him. So when we talk about the things of God, we don't need to say, look at me, but look at what God has done through us. Drive the stories at home. Drive the stories that we're, we're talking about on Sunday morning. Or drive the things that are going on in your life. Drive those home with your coworkers. Working in engineering, I'll tell you, going from engineering to church every day, there's a totally different language, and it's beautiful. All right? You know, the four-letter words we hear now are hope, love. <laughs> it is awesome. You know? It's great. But no matter where you're at, no matter what world you're living in, speak that. Live it through your life. Make it a part of you. Speak that, I mean, it doesn't have to be your son in this, but it could be anyone, anyone in your life, anyone you encounter. Make that live through you of who you are. Going on in verse 23. If somebody brought us there in order to lead us in and give us the land that he swore from our fathers. Moses was talking about the bondage, the difficult times that he lived in, and the difficult times and and giving all the plagues that came down on Pharaoh and stuff. God had a reason for that. Many of us have lived through difficult times in our lives and going through, I don't know how we're going to make it through this. But then the testimony that comes with that as we come to a day when we say, look what God did getting us to here. Look what God did. He brought us out of this and got us to here. The Israelites could talk about how they left Egypt, the bondage they were in of slavery and with the Egyptians, to the hope and, and the goal, the promise of the promised land as they continued on. And so they had the, the promise before them. We have the same thing. We're not in bondage to the Egyptians, but there is a bondage of sin that we live with, that we're born into. The bondage of sin to follow our own fleshly desires, to do what we want to do, to do our own thing, not following after what God has. But God brings us out of that. When we accept him as Lord, brings us out of that into more of a, a, uh, not the promised land, but the promised kingdom, the promised relationship with the God who loves us, a God who just would do, do and has done anything possible for us. You know, we, uh, I talked to the children, especially during VBS, we talked about it quite a bit. Oh, just look around you. Look outside. You see the grass. You see the trees. You see the sky. Why is the sky blue? Don't worry about it right now. We're talking. We're, we're continuing on, right? Because you get those questions too. And so God made those for us to enjoy. But with all that, with all the stars in the sky, with all the earth that he made, he still needed you. This world wasn't complete until he made you. Because you were so important to him, this world had to have you too. He made all this stuff for us to enjoy, but his prized possession is us. And so, yes, the Israelites had lived in bondage and they were looking to the promised land just as we have the bondage of sin. We've got the promise of the kingdom to come. 
We've got that promise ahead of us to come. You look at our Bible, the third chapter of Genesis, Eve ate of, the, ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and... I messed it up again, Paul. I will have to get my children. We do know how, what happens in Genesis chapter 3 of eating from the wrong tree. But <clears throat> how Eve ate of the fruit that she wasn't supposed to eat from and how that created sin in the world. And how God had been walking with them until then, but then he, it was sin. Sin there. And he uses the whole rest of the Bible, every story in here, about getting people back to him. About getting people back to a right relationship with God. Just as he has released, had released the Israelites out, released them from the captivity of the Egyptians, and bring them out to bring them in, he brings us out of that to bring us into a relationship with us. Then we get to the, the next verses in chapter 24. The Lord commanded us to follow all these statutes to fear the Lord our God. Here it is, commanding us to follow things. We talk about our flag. We talk about what it is to live in this country. The freedoms that we have to, fight, to live in this country with this flag. These didn't come easy. The freedoms that are with that flag, the freedoms that flag represents did not come easy. I mean, our, our children, we, we teach them as much as we can about different things and, and our families that were involved in different wars. My granddad was flying. My son has a picture in his room of him flying his P-51 over in Europe during World War II. My wife's granddad being a POW for 80, 90 days in Germany. And the difficulties they went through. This flag and the freedom that we have in that did not come easy. And understanding that, understanding that because of this, because of the, the sacrifices, we live in a country that we have. But we also have rules. We can't just run rampant and do whatever we want. And because of those rules, we have the freedom that we have many times. The things that we have and the, the, uh, the rules that we have keep us safe. You know, sometimes we need things to protect us from ourselves. We do. We need things to kind of protect us from, from messing up from, and keeping the freedoms that we have. But we also have another flag on stage. That's why I love that we did the pledge to both flags. We have this flag over here, the Christian flag. The Christian flag has one symbol in the very top corner that represents true freedom to every one of us. And it opens, I promise. There we go. The cross of Christ in bright red right there in the top corner. The blue surrounding it representing baptism, representing the faithfulness of Christ to save us from our sins. The white around it representing the purity of who Christ is. Who Christ is. Now in battle, when you think about freedoms and when you think about fighting in battle, you, waving the white flag is typically not the great thing to do. White flag is a lot of times seen as surrender. Most of this flag is white. But it's not surrendering, I'll just give up, that kind of surrender. But it's seeing what God did for us. Jesus surrendering to the will of the Father and us surrendering of our desires to follow after Christ, to follow after Him. Yes, we have rules. Yes, we have things that we have to follow. Yes, we have things like the Ten Commandments they talked about in chapter 5, but there's a reason for those. And it's to keep us safe, to keep us following after Christ and keep us within that. In verses 24, continuing, the Lord commanded us to follow all these statutes and to fear the Lord our God for, 
for our prosperity always and for our preservation as it is today. Righteousness will be ours if we are careful to follow every one of these commands before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. He laid out these laws. He laid out these decrees. But right there it talks about the things that he gives us. Prosperity. I'm not saying you're going to be rich. We're not talking about prosperity gospel in here of how if you're not rich, you must not be living right. That kind of thing. No. The prosperity that God is with us. The the gift of his forgiveness doesn't end. The gift that he loves us so much doesn't stop. It continues on and continues loving us. Then it says after that, Prosperity always and for preservation as it is today. Preservation of life. And the Bible says that uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death. The way we have lived our life is not worthy of living forever. It's not. It says it in the Bible. It's, we haven't got there. But the preservation, he, through a relationship with Christ, through him forgiving us of our sins and, and walking with him, we have that forgiveness. We have that preservation where it's not just a preservation of life on this earth, but it's preservation of life eternal where we live for him forever. And then righteousness. Whoa. Okay, so at the beginning of this chapter, we talked about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And now we're talking about righteousness. Now to me, to be righteous, you would need to fulfill that, those requirements. I'm not going to stand here and say I I fulfill every one of those requirements every day, all day. No, we don't. We sin. We mess up. But the righteousness that he gives us is through Christ as a mediator. The righteousness that he gives us is the forgiveness that he gives through him. But it's not just forgiveness that we can follow him. But you know what? As we continue following after him, as we continue with those rules, there's a lot of freedom in that. We know that when we follow after God, there is a ton of freedom in that. And wait a minute. This was a hard concept for me to learn at first years ago of how can I have more rules on me and be more free than I ever was? It doesn't make sense sometimes. But you know what? When you follow after God, the freedom of eternity, the freedom of following after him with being with him forever, the freedom of not having to live so perfect that that's the only way into heaven But if you mess up, there is forgiveness, and he is there. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Christ has liberated us to be free. Stand firm then, and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. God commands us to do nothing that is not for our own good in this. When we read the Ten Commandments, those are for our own good. Those are for following after him as for our own good. Our, Our interest as well as our duty is just to follow him to do the things that he would have us do to, and the freedom that is within that. So we're talking about prosperity, we're talking about pre- perseverance, and we talk about the uh, righteousness that comes with that and freedom and living after Christ. Now this weekend we talk about another freedom as well, and I've already alluded to it several times, and that's the freedom that's in our country. July 4, 1776, 240 years ago, as they got together to to write and to sign the Declaration of Independence. There's a chapter in there. Many of you know, most of you probably know these words, uh, words by memory. 
which is we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator, God, right, with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So the creators, the writers of the Declaration of Independence, the ones that put it together, the ones that reviewed it, argued about it, went back and forth on it, and ended up signing it. And where did they sign it? On the bottom, right? Kids ask me that all the time. You think Philadelphia, you think this and that. No, on the bottom. So, sign it on the bottom. So, as they wrote this, they talked about life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. We have the same things when we look to Christ. When we follow after Christ, we have life, living, influenced by him. Perseverance, as I talked about, just as the Bible talked about, perseverance of not, this is not your only life. As we continue to live for him and die, we have eternal life and living forever with him. Life, you got liberty, free from oppressive bondage. You bet. Does the salvation of Jesus Christ free you from bondage? Yes, that's what it's all about, freeing you from the bondage of sin to live for him freely in that. And the happiness. Happiness is just a right living, living righteousness, following after God and serving our creator. We talked about how, how God made all these things but found it so important to make us. Serving a God that loves us so much that he would do that for us. Just as they saw it important to see life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and that we see the same things in our Christian life. We see those same things and the prosperity, the perseverance, and the righteousness of following after him. We live in a country that I, we have both of these on stage. Now, when, when I was growing up, it sounded weird to sing of the Star Spangled Banner and things like that in church. These are church songs. We're supposed to sing because he lives and how great thou art. Why am I singing about my country? Tis of thee. Because it was different. We did one at school. We did one at, at, uh, at church. But when you read the words of what these songs include and read the words and understand the freedoms and the heart behind the music of these words and how the freedom that is in this has been protected by God for all these years. Has been protected by God that, I, you know, I strongly feel that we would not have the freedoms that we have in this country if it, not, if it weren't for the God that we serve. And yet at the same time, we serve in a country where no one was arrested or anything coming in. I mean, we probably brought our Bibles or our phones with our Bibles on them without any issues at all. We can serve a God and live in a country that has been protected by our freedoms that were fought for many years ago. The freedom of following after Christ has been protected because we can do things. We can carry our Bible I had a friend that even brought his to school. That was the weirdest thing. When he'd pull it out at school and read it during his free time. I would read, I'd pull out my Skinny Bones book that was about a baseball player. He would pull out his Bible and read. One of the craziest things I ever saw. But that's what's protected. Now I would love to go back and take mine with me too. There's some amazing things in here. Like I said, there's some really cool stuff. Using this in class and seminary as a reference guide is amazing. All the things that went together and, and put it all together. But understanding, breaking it down and understanding the heart behind God that loves us so much. That provides these freedoms. Provides the freedom to live in a country where we're protected to serve him and to worship him. And a heart that gave his son to die for us. 
to give us these freedoms so we can, we can live free through him, a, a true freedom that we can follow after him. God has been with us so, so much through the years. So when it comes to, when your son asks the future, what is the meaning of the decrees and ordinances with the Lord your God has commanded you? Yes, please start with telling him how God told the Israelites. Start with how you know, God has did this in the Bible. Show them these stories. Show them it's not just a story. This really happened. This is God at work. But guess what? Mom and dad went through this, some of this too. And talking to them about here's who I am. Here's what's going on with me. Here's how I accepted Jesus as Lord. Here's how, you know, I used to go to Bible school too. And we even had a sit-down court. Anybody remember a sit-down court? No? Okay. Paul and I, you remember a sit-down court. Dum, 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 and you sit down. Thank you, Miss Gwen. Yeah, she remembers. She's going to save me. Thank you. Yes, we had the sit-down court in VBS. We actually had a different pledge to the Christian flag. Did that throw you off, anybody? How we said a different pledge? I found that Miss Letty, thank you for having that pledge in your uh, Shepherd's Kids graduation. It was one of the first times I'd ever seen it. But as I started looking into it, man, it's amazing. The old one we used to say is, uh, uh, I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior whose kingdom it stands. That didn't change. One brotherhood uniting all Christians in service and love. Anybody remember that one? Yeah, that's the one I grew up using. That's the one we've used here for VBS for years. This year, after seeing that, we changed it because it speaks so much of who Christ is. It speaks to who we are. Christ risen and coming again. How much hope is that? I mean, we, we get excited about saying the Pledge of Allegiance. One nation under God, indivisible, with freedom, or with, uh, wow, I do know the pledge. <laughs> yes, we may have to say it again. Everybody stand up. We'll say the pledge again so I can remember. No. But the, the excitement that we get from saying the pledge, the excitement that we get from seeing the Star Spangled Banner, not because the baseball game is about to start, but that it's our country and our freedom. And then saying the pledge with that, with that view of Christ risen and coming again. It's amazing. And he did that for us. The true freedom that is within that. <clears throat> we'll tell of the days of, of what the Egyptians lived with in Egypt. We'll tell of those, yes. But we'll, we're not going to leave it there. God commands us to live this way so that we can experience these things. So that we can experience the prosperity the preservation, and the righteousness that follows after him. Understanding that freedom. Understanding the freedom of who God is and what he gives us and the love that he gives us through that is an amazing thing. Following after him. We talk a lot about freedom, especially this weekend. We talk about fireworks. Uh, and I applaud all you. I heard fireworks till late in the night. And all of y'all are still awake. We're in good shape, right? So, as most of you anyway, we get an elbow every now and then. So, we, we talk about fireworks and the freedom and things like that, but maybe this freedom of Christ is something new to you. Maybe it's something that you hadn't really worked on or heard before. Or maybe it's like, you know, I've always kept these two different. We've, we've kept the Christian flag on stage for years up here, as well as the American flag, for a reason. There's freedom in both. There's freedom in Christ. There's freedom in our country. And that is so important because there's freedom in Christ. And maybe that's a foreign concept to you. We want to visit with you about that today. We want to, we want to share with you more about this.
Come visit with me. Or maybe, maybe you said, yes, I, I know all about this. I did the same pledges. I did the same, the same songs in VBS. But you know what? I, I've kind of got off track. There's a lot of things going on. Just as the Israelites said, were in bondage, just as they ran into hard times, they got to the Red Sea, couldn't get through. What do we do? They were in the desert. What do we do? There's no food, and God provides. What is it, right? Manna. So just as God took care of them, but I just, I don't know. It's so hard to live. God is still there. The freedom that he has is not something that expires. What is it? The perseverance and the prosperity that is it's always there. His forgiveness is always there. It never runs out. Maybe these are new. Maybe these are just like, wow, I never kind of put these together. Or maybe it is, and, and you've been like, wow, this is great, because, yes, there is freedom in Christ, just as there is freedom in our, in our country. Because God is there for us. God is there continuing working through us and for us as he continues to lead us. Wherever your heart is today, God is speaking. Is he speaking to you, wanting you to, to make a decision for him? Is he wanting to better understand this freedom? I, I love this holiday. I love it because we can celebrate. We can wear red, white, and blue. We can wear our ranger suits and, and, and everything and get excited. But I love this, too. And it's not a holiday. It's every day. Living for God. Understanding who he is. And not just that. But what does the passage start with? I'm not starting back at the beginning, I promise. But what does the passage start with? Teaching them to the people around us. Teaching them to our children. Teaching them to our grandchildren. Teaching them to the neighbor across the street. The people that we run into. Use words if you have to. You know? Sometimes we can teach them a lot by the way we act. But following after God is where the freedom is. The true freedom that we experience in Christ. I'll be down here and down front. If you want to speak to me or if you want to pray, the altar will be open. But I, as, as we pray, God is at work. And, and may he speak to your heart during this time to understand who, what about this freedom and how he gives it so rarely. Let's pray. Father God, just thank you for this time. Thank you for the freedom that you give. Thank you for the, the, uh, the freedom that we have in this country. And we celebrate this, uh, just living in a country where we can come to church, where we can open our Bibles, we can worship without being, being condemned or being hurt in any way. But Lord, we also celebrate the freedom that we have in you. And that was the freedom that you give us. The freedom just to prosperity always, that you're always there to forgive us. You're always there to love us. The perseverance that it doesn't stop here, but it's eternal life with you. And the righteousness that we can only get through you, Lord. How you free us through that. Lord, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, and and show us who you are as we celebrate this freedom that you give us. In your name we pray. Amen.